This is the Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green, and as our guest in the studio today by phone, we're going to welcome Bill Hatfield. You may recognize that last name, Hatfield, as in the Hatfield and McCoys. Well, sir, we welcome you to Charisma Media and specifically to this podcast. God bless you. Well, thank you, and I'm glad to be here, Steve. I appreciate you, appreciate your work at ORU here in our city for years, and uh, I'm just delighted to be with you today. Well, thanks very much, and I think we've got a lot of listeners out there that probably saw that special TV show about the the feud with the Hatfield and McCoys, and some of us studied the feud over the years and heard much more about it, but I think it was the Kevin Costner show that really put the feud on the map. Is that fairly true? Yes. We have had uh, such an uptick in uh, interest especially with the tourism, uh, just last month, 57 people from Hawaii flew into Lexington, Kentucky, hired a tour bus, and went straight over to Pikeville, Kentucky, Maidwan, West Virginia, and that whole area, and wanted to see it all. They had watched that miniseries, and it's just amazing. We've had 22 foreign countries, people from them alone this year, come to Pike County, Kentucky, wanting to uh, see the place after watching that History Channel series. So I wonder if the uh, tourist traffic would be the same if we had two families that over the last 100 years or so had just loved each other. They were really nice <laughs> to each other. They took care of each other's kids and problems. I wonder if we get the same tourist effect. Uh, I don't think so. Unfortunately, that wouldn't attract that kind of attention. So, Pastor, I know that you are a pastor there in Tulsa. What do you think it is that makes this legend uh, live on? Why do people still talk about the Hatfield and McCoys? Well, every family today can relate to the pain and uh, the division and the problems that can occur in families. I mean, the Hatfields were not just fighting with the McCoys. Oftentimes, there was a lot of feuding amongst themselves. Uh, and the same thing with the McCoys, uh, getting them all together. But uh, all of the, the the tragedy and the drama, the uh, the young Hatfield boy, John D., he got Rosanna McCoy pregnant, and then his father would not let him marry her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the problem of the alcohol and how that fueled so many bad things, all that moonshine. That moonshine will get you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That Kentucky stuff. Yes, well, you had that feeling, a lot of it, and uh, the fighting at on, on election days is certainly nothing new. Mm-hmm. A couple of the bad events took place on election days there. A, a different type of hanging, Chad. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> to our listeners, there's so much that we want to hear and find out. More than anything else, we want to hear how faith impacted the Hatfields and McCoys, and we'll do that right after this commercial break. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Jesus Image Ministry. The Jesus Conference is a rare and historic event hosted by Michael and Jessica Culianos of Jesus Image. Join Reinhard Bonnke, Benny Hinn, Heidi Baker, Michael Culianos, Daniel Colinda, and many more for this historic gathering in Orlando, Florida. Many voices and many generations will be lifting up the name of Jesus. Join us for a time of encountering Jesus. You'll never be the same. To register, all you need to do is visit JesusImage.tv. Again, visit that website, JesusImage.tv. Would you do that today and support Michael Cumianos, a sponsor of this podcast? 
Welcome back to the Charisma Connection. Our guest today is Mr. Bill Hatfield, as in the Hatfields and McCoys and the Great Feud. So, Pastor Bill, if you don't mind, if we could go backwards a little bit and really give us a a, a thumbnail sketch of the beginnings of this feud and why you think it lasted as long as it did. Well, during the Civil War, right towards the end of it, Randall McCoy filed a uh, charge against Devil Lance for horse theft. And Devil Lance, eventually, right after the war, it went to court, and he was uh, acquitted because uh, he was able to prove that he was with Randall McCoy at that time. But at that point, they began to file lawsuits against each other, and that kind of set up some bad blood. Right after that was the McCoy charge in 1878. Well, this was about uh, 11 years later. Randall felt that Floyd Hatfield had stolen one of his hogs. And hogs were very important in that day. One hog in the winter, uh, you could feed a whole family for a month. You've got to have a hog. Every family's got to have a hog. Yes. Yes, and the smokehouse was a very important place to him. <laughs> so. Right. They had a trial with six Hatfields, six McCoys, and one of the McCoys switched sides and voted for the Hatfields, uh-uh. and the Hatfields were acquitted that time. And then two years later, in 1880, John D. romanced Rosanna on Election Day, took her home with him. Uh, he was 18 years old. She was 21 years old. But for whatever reason, uh, apparently Devil Lance, my great-grandfather, would not let them marry, although he did let him marry Nancy McCoy, the cousin, a year later. And we're not, we don't understand that. <laughs> and then, uh, in 1882, this was the, the beginning of real bloodshed. In 1882, on election day, Ellison Hatfield got in a fight with several McCoys. They stabbed him over two dozen times. They shot him. He was taken home where he died the next day. A constable arrested the McCoys and started to take them back to Kentucky for trial, but Devil Ant interrupted that took the boys himself, held them captive, and then when his brother died, uh, he and family members took the four McCoy boys down by the Tug River, the branch of the Big Sandy, and they executed them. And, of course, that was just a a terrible thing. And after that, the McCoys hired bounty hunters and went to court, and uh, they captured nine Hatfields, including Ants' brother Valentine. And uh, to get them tried, they sent a lot of uh, bounty hunters over there led by a notorious man named Frank Phillips. And uh, when that started happening, we have the event that we are commemorating next Monday night uh, with the National Geographic special. Uh, the Hatfields planned and carried out a raid on the McCoy cabin on January 1st, 1888, to try to kill the McCoys. They succeeded in killing a little girl, one of the McCoy's daughters, uh, a Randall McCoy's daughter, and one of his sons. They beat his wife savagely. He escaped with the other kids, and they went to Pikeville, and that's where they remained the rest of their lives. And about 18 days later is when they had the Battle of Grapevine Creek, when uh, Hatfields met up with a posse from the Kentucky side, and they had a battle. No one was killed in that, but that's what got the Supreme Court involved, uh, the case of seizing the Hatfields and taking them from West Virginia back to Kentucky. Supreme Court upheld Kentucky. Those people were eventually tried Ellison Mounts called Cotton Top. He was sentenced to hang, and he did. We filmed right there in the courthouse where he was uh, sentenced. And uh, we dug on that McCoy cabin site that we burned down. We dug on that site last November, and that'll be the National Geographic special next Monday night. Well, I want to talk to you about that special in just a moment. But 
Before we go deeper into that, would you tell us, I know I heard you say it, but I want to be very clear about it. Tell us about your relationship as a Hatfield. Try to go the lineage for us and tell us about your great-grandfather and then work your way down so we know where you fit in the lineage. Yes, my great-grandfather was named William Anderson Hatfield, and he got the nickname Devil Lance. And there's a few stories about that. Some say Yankees gave it to him because he would get out of situations, and they would say nobody but the devil could have got out of that. And uh, others said it was because of the way he acted when he was on moonshine or something. But in any case, he had he and Levice, his wife, had 13 kids. Now, these kids spanned a long period of time. Uh, Robert E. Lee Hatfield was born in 1867. My grandfather, who was his last son, his youngest son, Tennyson Samuel Hatfield, wasn't born until 1890. So you've got a 23-year span there between those two boys. So he was born in 1890. He married my grandmother, Sadie, and they had four boys, and my dad was their youngest son, William Grant Hatfield, named after Devil Lance Hatfield. And then, uh, so that's why there's about five of us left today that are the great-grands. My dad, William Grant, passed away two years, or three years ago now, and he was the last remaining grandchild. So I'm Devil Lance's great-grandson, and there are four others that uh, are great-grandsons and great-granddaughters, too. Well, it's amazing that you can tell a story about your great-grandfather the only story I could tell about my great-grandfather is he liked to play marbles. That's what passed down. <laughs> you know, and, and I think most of our listeners, if we think about our great-grandfathers or grandmothers, we, you know, we don't have much of a story like this to tell or to, to have been told. But I would imagine you've done a lot of research over the years and have gotten the facts straightened out on this thing. What are some of the common misconceptions or the myths about this great feud? Well, the the fact that there were some that laid it to the pig trial. And although that did cause bitterness, that was just a part of things that went on uh, during that time. Uh, people get mixed up about when people lived. For, if, for example, the History Channel had my grandfather tennis in one scene where Kevin Costner, who played my great-grandfather, says tennis and tells him to do something. But tennis wasn't even born during that period of time. Mm-hmm. Tennis followed, you know, in 1890. And uh, we're finding out more and more today through some good work by uh, Thomas Dotson. He's written a book, uh, the, the Hatfield-McCoy Feud After Kevin Costner. He's done a lot of research in the, in the archives of the various courthouses, and, and uh, he's, he's done an excellent job. Uh, Dean King did a real good job. He covered a lot of the feud. And then um, there's the older books. Uh, you can't hardly beat uh, Otis Rice. And uh, some of those that came out, uh, I think the professor from Massachusetts, Altina Waller, the feud, Hatfields, McCoys, and Social Change, they did a tremendous job of digging out those old records. And a lot of those those canards that came out, those tall tales, have kind of fallen by the wayside. So do you think that uh, the Kevin Costner version was fairly accurate? Yes, they they did a great job of covering major events. Uh, we're not so sure Uncle Jim Vance was that crazy. Uh, <laughs> he did a great job of playing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the McCoys are often portrayed in ways that uh, are more, I think, unflattering. They're not as uh, they're not true depictions uh, in some instances of what happened there. Yeah, Kevin Costner was a reluctant warrior. He didn't want the battle to go on. It didn't seem like the way the story was told 
he wanted it to end. Is that accurate? That's true. That yeah. is true. Devil Lance, in fact, we went to the National Archives a few years ago when they were having an Americana display. And right next to the Constitution, they had a letter from my great-grandfather to the President of the United States asking him, I believe it was Ulysses S. Grant at the time, asking him to personally intervene. And he talked about how he was so tired of the bloodshed, the feud, having to look over his back all the time. Uh, whenever he went to visit anyone up and down that valley, I mean, there were times when he and his family slept outside in the woods because of a rumor and watched the house at night thinking that someone was going to attack them. And he was a reluctant warrior. And those famous pictures from the New York papers, when they went up there and took all those pictures of our family up on the porch, you'll notice that in the first, oh, probably 30 of those photos, no one had a gun. Finally, after a lot of heavy persuasion, my great-grandfather reluctantly agreed to let them hold guns. He did not want to portray that image. And if you see my grandfather, he's the little boy on the left sitting on the ground across from his brother on the front porch. He's got this sour look on his face. I, I often wondered what that was about, and when I grew older, I found out. Uh, my great-grandfather let his brothers hold guns, but he didn't let him hold one. Yeah. So he was angry at that. But my great-grandfather, he wanted to end that image of that. He didn't like that. He was reluctant. My producer wants to know if you met Kevin Costner. No, not yet. No, know? I haven't met him yet. No, no, I hope you get to. Maybe he'll be around. Has he come to any of the digs? Has, has he been involved at all? Since that time, he's become very interested and uh, has corresponded with the folks there. And I believe we'll get him back for an event in the future. That's great. Well, we're visiting with Bill Hatfield, as in the Hatfield and McCoys. You're listening to the Charisma Podcast Network and specifically the Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green, and just after this break, we're going to find out about these digs that are going on and the National Geographic show that will be on the air next week. Come back right after this commercial break, and we'll talk more with Bill Hatfield. This podcast is brought to you by PeopleKeys.com. If you're looking for an online tool that can help you put the right people in the right places for effective ministry, I encourage you to visit peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. The People Keys Biblical Personality Style Report will help you improve communication, maximize effectiveness, and you'll just get your people plugged into areas of ministry that match their God-given personality styles. It's a really cool report that'll help you get more out of your team. To learn more and take your free biblical personality report, just check out peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. One more time, it's peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. And thank you for sponsoring this program. Welcome back to Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green. You're listening to a really special episode of the Charisma Connection with Bill Hatfield, telling us a little bit about what's going on or what we think went on between the Hatfields and McCoys. Is there anything that you'd like to add to the story that we haven't touched yet, Bill? Yes, I would. Uh, You know, sometimes we can get frustrated and, and think it's never going to happen, but don't ever stop praying for, witnessing to, and trying to win somebody you love to Jesus Christ. There was a circuit riding preacher back there in the 1880s, Reverend Dyke Garrett, and he was a distant cousin of Devil Lance Hatfield. And over the years, he continued to witness to him. He'd stop in and see him whenever he was there. And uh, he finally had had 
such an impact on uh, Devil Lance. So on September 23, 1911, just 10 years before he passed away, Reverend Dyke Garrett led, and I mean before my great-grandfather passed away, he led my great-grandfather to Christ. And when Altina wrote about it in her book, she called it a dramatic spiritual conversion. And Reverend Garrett baptized him that week in a small creek. I've been to that creek. It's near Sarah Ann, where he lived. Everyone testified after that he was a changed man. My grandmother lived with him the first couple of years. She was married to his youngest son, Tennis. She said he was a Christian gentleman. She said he was just, she had all kinds of stories about him and riding horses with him and things. Just a wonderful fellow. And after that, uh, they just, it was just tremendous the way they said he just loved Jesus Christ. He just became such a great witness in that area. And uh, that was just a wonderful thing. And we just praise the Lord that Dyke Garrett never quit that, never quit witnessing and never gave up. I wonder how many people know of the spiritual foundation of this feud and how the role of the Lord in leading them out, whether or not the law ever could or the Supreme Court could, it was the impact of the Lord Jesus that really changed these families. Yes, it was. And even last year when I was in Pikeville, they have a historian, and he uh, got me aside after one of the uh, meetings that we had or one of the events. And he said, uh, you know, when I come through the life of your great-grandfather, he said there was a tremendous change that happened to him there towards the end. And he said, uh, what do you attribute that to? He said, the only thing I can think of is that something had to do with religion. And when I told him, he just brightened up. He was so glad to hear that because his research pointed to that very thing as well. And I wish that side was told more. Well, look at you. You're the great-grandson of really where this feud began, and you're now a pastor. Yes. How did that happen? Did you ever get to punch a McCoy? <laughs> no, I, I got to beat him in softball one time, and last year we won the paintball battle. So <laughs> good, that makes me happy. I, yeah, yeah, they got us a few times. We got them a few times. Of it course. seems like they're better at tug of wars. They, they usually pull us into the tug river. They're bigger boys, huh? Yes. Yeah. So tell me, how did a pastor come out of the seed of this great feud? Well, my mother and father uh, raised me in a wonderful Christian home. And uh, my mother, Marquita Hatfield, my father, William Grant Hatfield, the namesake, uh, they were just, one. They, my mother still is, wonderful people of integrity, and uh, went to church all my life, grew up there. We grew up in the Detroit area. My dad was a test car driver for Ford in Dearborn, and so me and my sister Heather had the privilege of having that Christian heritage. And, of course, he got that from his mother, Sadie, and... Uh, from uh, another and from his grandmother on her side and everything. And as a young man, uh, God called me to preach when I was 15 years old. I had a tremendous youth director named John Wood that came to our church, took a special interest in me, gave me my first job, had me help him paint houses and cars and drilled scripture into me and had another great man in my life, Jim Dalton, who was just a tremendous influence uh, there at the church. Well, how did you end up in Tulsa? I had a friend that I went to Bible college with that was over here in a little town called Sepulpa, Mm -hmm. and he said that a church had opened up here, and so I sent my name over, and they called me, and we became uh, uh, together. We went together after that. Does the feud come up in every interview? Just about. Just about. 
In fact, nowadays it comes up everywhere I go. I was I rented a car recently, and a fella came up, and I told you I said yes, I am uh, original one of the original Hatfields. Well, he got he said, well, I'll be back, and I saw him go over and get on the phone, and I heard him over there talking. and He said, yeah, yeah, it really is him. It's Devil. It's his great great. It's his great grandson. And there's silence, and he says, no, not Kevin Costner's great-grandson. <laughs> Devil has his great-grandson. But, yeah, it comes up quite frequently. So tell me you didn't have to give him an autograph. That's, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> What's yeah. the fascination with you guys? What do you think today in 2015 is attractive about a feud that began around, what, 1888? A Why lot do we of yellow journalism really sure. helped. Uh, stories that had nothing, I mean, I have newspapers from back then that have stories that they told in the papers about where they had us killing hundreds of people. And in the actual feud, only 12 people were killed. I mean, that's far too many. But, uh, and it wasn't something where you would just had wholesale mass slaughter all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was just people going around looking in towards the woods with fear, thinking they might be ambushed or something. Uh-huh. But, uh, and then you've got this this great statue, the picture of it's gone around the world. My grandfather, Tennis, and his brother, Joe, uh, sent photos of Devil Ants to Italy, to the city of Carrera, and had a huge life-size statue of my great-grandfather made out of Carrera marble. And it stands there like a sentinel overlooking that valley. How big is it? How tall? Oh, it's about 12 feet tall, I guess, mm-hmm. with, his, with him on top of a large pedestal. And behind there is where several, that was the largest funeral they ever had there. They had to have a special train bring them in when he passed away in January of 1921. He passed away. They had the funeral the following Sunday. Reverend Garrett was still alive, although his nephew or his uh, spiritual son did a lot of the uh, funeral for him. But they had like uh, four or 5,000 people there. And uh, there are pictures of the, the cars and the people up that valley. They couldn't all get up there. But uh, that statue stands up there on the hill, and it's uh, so so much of that and the yellow journalism and the fantastic stories that came out of there. I was a little kid walking into a department store. I was probably eight years old, and there was a record album for sale, and there was my grandfather with his family on that porch and uh, with hillbilly music. And they've had that picture all over. They they were the kind of the Kennedys of West Virginia. They knew the value of photos. Mm-hmm. So he did. T- they took a lot of photos. What an amazing story! Just before we end this podcast, I want to talk to you just a little bit about the National Geographic show that most of us have seen or know about called Diggers. And yes, they're doing an episode about your family. Would you tell us about it? Yes. Ron McCoy and I have become good friends. He is a great, great, great grandson to Randall McCoy, and he and his brother Ed, or his cousin Ed, and Bo McCoy, uh, they have welcomed me with open arms because we love each other in Christ. And we are determined that we are going to use our story of forgiveness and reconciliation to share Christ. So we were invited to go to Bob Scott's property, another fine Christian gentleman related to the Hatfields. He owns the property where the McCoy cabin was. And after it was burned down, it was just left like it was with the well. No one ever rebuilt there. And Ron and, uh, and Bob and everyone invited us Hatfields to come. I went with my daughter, Charity, Rio Hatfield, and some, uh, Jay Hatfield, and some others. And we dug right beside the McCoys on that site. And we found bullets, 
We found the cotton we believe was used with a torch to torch the cabin. We found pottery. And it was just a moving experience. It moved me so much, I turned to Ron. He wrote a great book on it, Hatfields and McCoy's Reunion by Ron McCoy. Uh, he wrote about it and how it touched him. But I, I felt personal grief and responsibility. Mm. I apologized to him there. We were digging by ourselves that day. It was a cold November day. And I told him I was really sorry that this had happened, that my family had done this. And uh, mm. But we're brothers in Christ. We love each other. We pray for each other. Uh, and we're working together this this Sunday. We're having the grand premiere of this show in Pikeville at their theater there. I'm going to speak. I get to share Christ again Good. and tell about what happened with Devil Lance and everything. And we're having a big reunion on the September 25th, 26th, 27th with a big dinner there in Pikeville. Ron will be there with me. We have a 150th anniversary Henry rifle that we had made up special as the Hatfields on one side and McCoy's on the other. And he has one, I have one. We're both going to shoot them up in the air, not at each other. <laughs> we're going to shoot them up in the air, and we're going to call these the last shots by the Hatfields and McCoys. What a great idea. Yeah, we're, and so we're working together on this, and uh, it's just fantastic. One last spiritual question. I wonder, did you ever in your pastorate believe that you could have had a generational curse on your family going back to the 1800s because of some of those behaviors? Did you ever feel that it was that type of impact? I believe the liquor ruined my family in a lot of ways. There was a lot of divorce. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of mean treatment of women by the men. There were a lot of kids that that grew up bruised and hurt and psychologically damaged. And I really, the, the dysfunction of our family, I have a psychologist friend here in Tulsa, and she mentioned my dysfunctional family history one time, and I, I agree with her. There was a lot of dysfunction. Tell us about your family. How have you broken that curse with, with the help of the Lord? Well, when I preached my dad's funeral three years ago, I told the uh, we had a huge gathering, and I told them my dad determined that it would stop. It was not going to be part of our generation. He stayed married to my mother for 63 years. Wow. Uh, he, when, when he passed away, they, uh, and uh, every time the doors of the church were open, we were there. We were going to love Jesus Christ. The Bible reigned supreme in our home. Wow. Uh, not going to get involved in any of those kinds of things. That, uh, and he was a tremendous witness to all of his folks back there, and many of them have come to Christ since because of his witness. You know, what if every feud that was across the world right now, and we have so many we could talk about, would it, yeah. wouldn't it heal America if, if they could understand the essence of this great feud uh, as an answer, as a way to answer the things that we battle every day? Amen. 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 As that historian, Reed Potter is his name, there in Pikeville, a good man, he saw the tremendous change just in his secular research, and he knew there had to be a spiritual component and, you know, we have that wonderful verse in the Bible that says, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But the verse before it says, Glory to God in the highest. Amen. And until we give glory to God in the highest, we don't have peace. You've been listening to Bill Hatfield of the Hatfield and McCoys with a great TV show coming up this next week. When does it air? It's on Monday night on the National Geographic Channel. I think it's on at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central Time. Great. And there'll be many replays of the show. I'm sure you can catch it. Just... Do your search on your TV, and I'll bet you can find it. Bill, what a pleasure and a blessing to have talked with you today. Thank you for joining this podcast. 
Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for that addition. You've been listening to the Charisma Podcast Network as we've been visiting with Bill Hatfield. This is the Charisma Connection, and I'm Steve Green. God bless you. We'll talk with you again next week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Shekinah Today. Visit their website at shekinatoday.org or godsanswerforamerica.org. Thank you, Shekinah Today, for sponsoring this podcast. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.